and welcome to Bad End Podcast. This is episode number 95. I am Josh Calixto, as always, joined by Kyle Cookstell. How's it Hello. hanging out, Kyle? Hi. We're slowing things down a little bit. It's episode number 95, but uh, we've, we've had a lot of guests recently, and we're, well, maybe that's just our experience because we kind of like recorded like two episodes in a row with guests yeah. essentially because we've lost <laughs> one so it feels like we it feels to us like we haven't had like a normal a normie ep in a minute so today we're just gonna we're gonna slow it down talk about some video games catch up with some listener mail and just just chill out because you know the pandemic's still going the end is sort of in sight sort of yeah more it's like i got vaccinated for a shot so oh yeah. Nice. It's I should be eligible in person. soon. So soon I'll be able to go out and do things besides play video games. But <laughs> in the meantime, that's I've been playing a lot of games. Um I randomly started playing Final Fantasy twelve. How random was that though? I feel like it's in the air right now because it um oh I guess well one thing was that it was on Super Sale on PSN recently. But also, mm. I guess it's on Game Pass too. So, I think that this was, it sort of reminds me like when I um when I moved to New York for the first time, I like I like understood how like film stuff happens because when I was in like Georgia, I would like you like read like film reviews and shit, and you're like, how do these people like know about all these movies that are always coming out? And then you move to New York, and you're like. Oh, it's because they're just going to the retrospective of this cinema that they go to. And like, that's why I think that video games are sort of similar where games will sort of rise up seemingly. If you're not paying attention, it'll be like, why is everyone playing fucking final fantasy 12? And you're like, Oh, it's because it was on sale for $10 on PSN for the past three months. Yeah. So it's like, there's a, there's a consensus. Yeah. Or there's people. a new patch or with disco Elysium, they just came out with the, yeah the new final cut of which is the game disco Elysium, a game we really like. They just came out with like a new version that has like full voice acted lines and all this stuff in it, which is a big deal. When I think they said that the script is like, I think they said like by word count, the script is one of the longest novels ever written or it's like something insane. Like there's just an insane amount of dialogue. So the fact that it's like listening to an audiobook of like Swan's way or something is kind of the, comparable level of voice act probably the most voice acting ever in a game if every line is truly mm. voice acted maybe 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 i doubt it someone called guinness because like mr guinness on gta's the phone. like they have so many like npc lines and stuff like that get out of my way hey jerk <laughs> fuck you man hey, asshole. yeah it's like you read those stories about like Rockstar games making Grand Theft Auto and they're like we recorded the most amount of voice lines ever in a game before and it's just like 95% Racial people slurs. bumping into you in the street <laughs> calling you a slur or like just saying fuck you get out of my face because everyone's like a total jerk in those games for some reason fucking cyberpunk dude don't even all of them hitman same way hey <laughs> anyways you're playing Final Fantasy 12 yeah, I'm playing the crap out of Final Fantasy twelve, man. I mean, it's, you just told me you're playing a final boss, and I feel like you started it like a week ago. <laughs> That's I'm not playing a short an end game. game boss. Yeah, I'm playing an end game boss. It's like it's probably stronger than the final boss. 
it's like one of those it's like fighting Sephiroth in Kingdom Hearts or something where it's like it, it's meant to be something that you do to, to like really complete the game if you want to do stuff that's like beyond the like final stuff you do in the game's story right you're like going beyond that um so i'm trying to get the good gear and stuff i mean i could just beat the game probably right now but i feel like that wouldn't be as fun how many hours have you sunk into this bad boy it's been like 35 oh really that's actually much shorter than i thought it would have been like actually or something no it's about 40 it's about 40 that i put in however okay I don't know if you know this, but Final Fantasy 12, it was, it came out in like, I want to say like 2007. Something yeah, like something that. like that. And um, first came out for the PlayStation 2. And it was like the first mainline Final Fantasy game in years because Final Fantasy 11 was an online game. Yeah. MMORPG, if you guys remember. Um so this was like the first story single player Final Fantasy mainline game that had come around since like 10, essentially, which was really popular, but apparently a lot of people didn't like it. I don't know. I played through a lot of 10, but I was a kid and I didn't have patience for grinding at the time. So I just like kind of stopped when I got to a boss that like immediately killed me. <laughs> um, so there's also yeah. like, just, just like I'm part of that too, like, especially cause I think we were relatively the same age when Final Fantasy X came out. I think that I think it's easy to forget like the development of games literacy, especially amongst like both game players as well as like people in general. Cause I remember being in like middle school and trying to play Final Fantasy X and being like, I have no idea what the fuck is going on. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like it's just like as a system, like playing it now, it like makes sense. But I take for granted how like, young and dumb I was when I tried to play final fantasy 10. It makes some like, sense. It makes some sense, but like you definitely, it sucked that like we didn't have as much guide material and stuff at the time. Like that was when right. it was sort of just in its heyday where it's like, you could look up if you had an issue, like, what do I do now? And you could kind of do that. But you know, I was a kid, like I didn't know what the heck I was doing. So again, got to a boss that was just like way too hard. Like everything had been like a linear difficulty scale where like okay the next boss is not too bad the next boss is not too bad and then i got to this boss where it was like it would one shot all my characters i tried so many times felt like i had no chance and i just stopped playing the game but anyway final fantasy 12 is interesting because it introduced this system called the gambit system which is it's essentially you program your characters to do stuff so <laughs> you buy like basically conditions so you buy you can you can buy if i have less than 30 percent hp or if one of my allies has less than 30 percent hp use cure or like use heal on them and then your character will automatically do that if one of your allies has less than 30 percent hp but you can you can do that like across the board so it's like if enemy is weak to fire, use fire spell. If enemy is weak to thunder, use thunder spell, et cetera, et cetera. So you basically can set it up to the point where you just walk around and your characters just do the battles automatically. And you just run around and your characters are fighting and doing, making all the same decisions that you would make, you know, without you, you basically programmed them 
to do the fights. And you have themselves. to buy these things, like these little logic yeah. nodes. You have to like yeah, buy them. Yeah, you buy them at stores. There's like Gambit stores, and you buy you them using buy the in-game currency. Statement. Weird. Yeah. That, that's easy to. I didn't like. I don't think I really internalized that from twelve because I remember playing thirteen and thirteen like. 13 didn't have a gambit system, but it had a system where you were basically doing that, but it was, um, it like, wasn't, uh, it was like in the, in the UI, right? Like it wasn't actually something where you had like slot stuff in. It's like, Oh, this person does this thing. And I mean, it's super simplified the game. Like it's weird. Cause like 13 almost feels like I'll say for fear of invoking the ire of people that it, it's sort of like a, it's like the logical end point of what 12 was trying to do, but you know, maybe they went a little too far or whatever, but hmm. I, I don't think I realized that it was like actually programming. I always thought it was like skills or something. Yeah, I know. So you have like a gambits menu and it's just like you choose like an if, and then you choose a then. So, so you, there's only like two parameters that you can choose. It's like if foe magic resistance is above 800 use this spell that reduces a foe's magic resistance so like you can do it for so many things there's like pages and pages of conditions <laughs> that you can choose from so i have it set up where my character it's really beneficial to steal stuff since a lot of times you're killing monsters you're kind of just doing it to get the loot so the party leader the person i'm controlling steals from an enemy the first one he sees. And then I have all my other characters target the, f the character that my main character is targeting. So then they attack that character because I've targeted it to steal. Then I have the main character or the character I'm controlling, quote controlling, attacks only once the character has gone down to less than 90% health. So he steals, it targets the creature. All my friends start attacking it when once it drops down to less than 90 percent he starts attacking it too and then we focus it down so that's like my base combat thing to load out and then my healers just like they heal me resurrect all that stuff but any, this is all stuff that was like included with the original final fantasy 12 they have this new thing in this they remastered it in 2017 called the zodiac 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 something? age zodiac age yeah Final Fantasy 12, the Zodiac Age was basically remastered. It uses this like job system where you can have like two classes for each character and you use like license points to buy what are called licenses. And it's weird because you need to buy the ability to use like accessories. <laughs> so like oh, weird. if you find a bracelet, like you can't just use it. You need to have the license to use it first, which requires you to like have points to buy those those abilities to use those things so at the beginning of the game it's like you'll be picking up loot that you just can't equip because you don't have a license to use it yet so you kind of have to choose between like whether you want accessories to do this for you or like you would rather have a weapon that you want to buy a license for but i mean once you pass a certain point of the game like it doesn't matter anymore because like you, you just, just got bought it all. all the licenses yeah so I've, I've been at that point for like quite a long time, but the, the piece de resistance <laughs> of the Zodiac the coup de age, gras. The, the coup de, coup de, de gras is the coup de 
<laughs> the coop detat is <laughs> the fact that you can speed up gameplay by Hell four yeah. times. I'm 30. So, I don't need that shit. Give me yeah, a fast forward dude, button. <laughs> you, movement, combat, all takes place at four times the speed that it would in the original. So I'm basically playing this game in 4X fast forward, <laughs> which I am just used to it by now. At first, when I would put it on, you could change it to 2X or 4X. I had it on 2X and I put it on 4X and I was like, I can't even move. I can't, I'm moving so fast. Like I can't even turn down the hallway correctly. <laughs> I'm like bumping into the wall because I'm moving so fast. But now 4X, like it just feels normal. Like, like, it, feels it still feels <laughs> slow to me. Like I'm going so fucking fast. Battles are happening like this because the battles are in 4X too. So I'll fight, I'll kill like three monsters in about four seconds max. Oh my God. Yeah. That, so that grinding, was, I remember that being like a huge thing in the, the reviews for 12. I haven't actually played 12. I've been like very, I've like always wanted to play it, but not until recently has it been like a moment to be able to play it because it's on PC now and stuff. But, um, I remember like everyone just talking about how long the game is and how tedious it is. And especially the combat style, which is like, it's not like necessarily like tactically interesting from what I remember. It's just that stuff has like a lot of health. So it's a lot of just sort of like hitting stuff a lot. People compared it to like MMO combat, which they sort of tied to the fact that like 11 was out as an MMO or whatever. But being able to speed it up seems like you would just like make it way better. <laughs> I feel like they had to make a decision, right? Where it was like, what's fun about this game? Like, what is the logical endpoint of of a game where you have to like choose what to do in response to what your opponent does? A turn-based RPG, which is what Final yeah. Fantasy up until this point had basically been. Where it's like, this foe is weak to thunder, so I use my thunder attack. Like that's like a lot of the strategy, like, oh, use this at this time, if this, then this. They were like, and they just dived headfirst into like, well, what if we had it just happen live and you make all those decisions in advance, watch it play out, and then you kind of tweak your approach as the fight is going on if like one of the default programmed statements that you've done is like kind of going awry. So like right. I would have it where like if I'm against a group of four enemies, I use oil on them so it makes them vulnerable to fire and then I use fire on all, on all of them. But if I'm against like an enemy that likes fire if, if fire heals them then that's bad obviously so in that case i can't just i'm not just gonna like go change my entire programming or gambits in the background i just kind of tweak what my character is doing at that time so that's kind of like what's happening where there's like some quote live decision making it's like ableton or something using some like <laughs> live looping software where you're like you have these programmed loops and then you just kind of tweak it in the moment. Cause you don't have like, there's not like gambit, um, like loadouts that you can like hot swap. They're sort of, you can oh, have three loadouts, but you cannot hot swap them. I okay. don't think, which kind of sucks. Like you have to go in, go to the menu and tweak. There's a lot of things that like user experience wise would have been so much better. Like, switching out accessories would have there needs to be some way to easily switch out accessories like good lord because there will be some fights where it's like you're just switching like the sleep resistance belt and you're switching that out to like a different character once the first one gets ko'd 
and you do that shit all the time. All sorts of like juggling of accessories. Like just let me switch that shit on the fly. Anyway, all this is to say the 4X speed is a game changer. Like more, more JRPGs need this. Like they swallowed their pride. They let me play the game and fast forward. And it's just so, oh, the zone you get into and you're just zooming just around. Flowing. Grinding. If you could grind a game in 4X speed, I don't, and, and and on autopilot, it may actually makes grinding more interesting. Believe it or not, because you're watching it play out. It's like got that like auto battler appeal. Yeah, it's like you're just going as you leveled up. Oh, you leveled up again. This is literally like what the flow of the game becomes. So like, I don't even mind grinding. I'm just running around. And or then you, you, it slows down when you get into a fight, you know, a little bit because you're not able to just freely run around anymore. Yeah. So you feel the friction. And then the fight ends and you're just like, you just go on to the next thing. And it's just like, oh, you get back to the village and you're sell just bundles of loot, <laughs> fucking like <laughs> animal fangs and tails and whiskers and shit. So you, you said it took money. you, you've been playing for like. 30 hours so really you've been playing for 140 hours it's been 40 it's 40 so it's been 160 hours you've actually been playing and yeah if i if i had been playing in full (laughs) dude whenever i turn off the fast forward function it's excruciating like (laughs) i don't really know how to relate it feels like i'm playing in slow motion i'm like there's no way this is the actual yeah this is the actual speed of the game it's hard to believe. It's like sometimes I'll like just get on a run of like watching, like if I'm like watching fucking GDC talks or something, I'll watch them on like one point, I'll like start them on like 1.5 speed. And then as I'm watching them, like crank it up to like two just to like <laughs> get through it. And then I like watch or like, I like talk to my wife or something. And it sounds like she's in like slow motion, which is, it's actually funny. <laughs> well, I think actually, I don't know if, were you there at the David O'Reilly talk? Did we go to that together? No, when you're back in New York. Anyways, he like when he was doing everything, he was listening to all these Alan Watts, um, like philosophical mm. treatises. And he was saying he was like working, but just listening to them all at, like four X speed. And so he was like listening to Alan Watts do his Alan Watts thing at like four X. And then he would like talk to someone and feel like they were talking so slow <laughs> because like, cause all he's listening to for eight hours is like these masses of Alan Watts tapes at four like yeah. X speed. So, and one thing us. that's like interesting is what you're saying is I read a really good quote recently that games are, or games can be understood as systems sculptures, which I think is a really compelling way to think about games. Um, but Final Fantasy has this thing where it's not so much a sculpture sometimes, where the the series instead feels like it's just like slapping systems on as like an aesthetic. Like it's not actually concerned with like the systems. It's it's not like there's been what, like fucking 15 games, give or take. And there's not like, there is sort of a core system of final fantasy that they've been like, you know, refining over time. They just keep sort of like slapping stuff in and removing stuff out. And, and like, even in like final fantasy seven remake, right. It's not even really turn-based and I guess 13 wasn't really turn-based, but like, there's not some sort of 
like other games that have been running for a long time. We can talk about Monster Hunter a little bit, but like so much of what they're doing is working with this core idea of what the game is. And then over subsequent iterations, making that thing be better. And every final fantasy game just feels like they're like, what if we had in programming, but it's like an inventory system and they're like, cool. And they're like, what if we just never do that ever again? And they're like, all right, cool. Like, what if we just add in like random shit to every single game is like an aesthetic. It's like the, the like the weight of the UI itself is what's important, not necessarily what the UI is trying to get you to do. <laughs> I feel like it's just become like, like a continually more gaudy sculpture <laughs> of systems, like where they're like, oh, we want we want these little crystals to adorn everything and all kinds of shit. Where it's just like, I don't know if we really need this, but I also want to say um, about this game that. The story is really good. It's really good. Mm. I I fucks with it like heavy. It's just like Baroque fantasy. It's just, you know, right? Like, like sort of medieval-ish. It's got this like medieval feel, but with some modern twists to it. The voice and writing of the game is very like Shakespearean. That's I the best Final it. Fantasy shit. IMO. It's like some of it is like I'll, I'll need to like read it the cat like the caption like three times to understand what the hell's being said because it's like so complex like which is surprising to me like it's it's there's parts of that game that are pretty smartly written like just pretty clever stuff and it's it's impressive to me um and you know the plot is very is very like political intrigue stuff that can be kind of hard to follow. There's like some of the between cutscenes stuff is like Star Wars opening crawl shit, where it's just like they're dumping like <laughs> historical so events that happened like between the cutscene that you just watched and like where the story is now, like. Oh, these these political, international, geopolitical things occurred in the <laughs> three days since you watched this cutscene, and it's like, what the fuck is going on in this game? But at its core, it's about you know, it's about revenge. It's about um, like not being able to change the past. It's about um, I don't know. It's it's like kind of Shakespearean stuff, right? Like pride, yeah. hubris. Um, power, lust, the lust for power and how it changes people, all that good stuff. I guess that's pretty typical fantasy fare, but it's got that sort of, um, Final Fantasy seven, like passion at its core where it's like, there's a lot, there's feeling, you know, there's like some of the voice acting is like, they're putting, they're putting soul in, you know, like someone got, someone was writing this script and they were like fucking angry at something. (laughs) They were like, it's life is not about revenge, man. (laughs) Like, you know, they were, they were on that beat when they were making this game, which I like that, that vibe. Um, so I mean, I'm. I mean, Final really Fantasy Seven confirmed good. Bad end podcast in 2021. You you played it. Haters right? be damned. You played Say what? Seven remake, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> we, we we can talk about Final Fantasy Seven remake. Man, that is a trip. 
<laughs> right. I, so I've never played Final Fantasy VII. I grew up with a Nintendo kid. Um, but I think by the time, like, for the record, this was like my favorite game of last year. Yeah, I believe. Yeah. So yeah, it was. I remember that. I don't really like. I don't know. It's it's such a weird thing to play because I don't know what I like. I I I mean, I know like the big thing that happens, but other than that, I have like really no idea about the events of Final Fantasy VII. Um, so I'm just sort of experiencing it as like a a game, and it's in some ways it's like sort of like weird, <laughs> like you're, you're definitely expected to know who certain people are. Um, and even just from people's like dialogue, it's hard to tell. Like it's hard to tell how much of the game is just ported over. I mean, if you played the earlier ones, you would obviously know this, but like people like Aerith and Tifa and cloud like you sort of, there's like all this cultural baggage that they carry with them as characters. So the game doesn't really give you a lot to understand them. Um, but at the same time, like they're fucking JRPG characters. You can like look at what they're wearing and have a pretty good sense of what they're about. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so I've got to, <laughs> one other funny thing is like, I like understand people's like love for Tifa and Aerith now. Like it was sort of like when I, when I got a cat for the first time, I like understood more about the internet and now like interacting with Arif and Tifa, I'm like, Oh, I see why there were like so many horny teenagers for like Tifa and like yeah. Aerith in, in middle school. And that experience is very funny. And I'm like, did I live a better or worse life? Because I didn't have like Tifa as like a sex the icon context. or something. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so that's sort of just, funny to like get acquainted to all the like, and same thing with cloud. Like I've experienced cloud vicariously through a ton of different things. Like, I mean, he's in fucking smash brothers. Um, so like I sort of know about cloud, but actually going to the source material and being sort of surprised, not surprised all that same stuff. It's, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's this really weird thing of like playing this thing for the first time that I unlike that I still have, passing familiarity with as a known gamer um has been really interesting because there's not there's like i can't think of anything that is sort of similar in this regard that has such a big like outsized impact on the game space from especially a narrative perspective like no one talks about final fantasy 7 systems it's specifically that this narrative is so big and there's so much resonance um that i haven't like touched in some way so the fact that I'm playing this thing is this weird sort of unique experience. Cause I really can't think of any other like major franchise. That's like as old as I am that I've never touched in this way. Um, I mean, so that's at a baseline. That's really interesting. When I think about that and then like the other game that was kind of like it's caliber or at least it's, I think it had like its same cultural significance is metal. You're solid. And yeah, those are two games where like, even today, the, like they're pretty much one of a kind, like, yeah, even the final fantasies that have come since then have not like done what seven did. Like it's, it's just, it's, it feels like a bit of an anomaly of a game partially because like 
playing it last year for the first time for me, I was just, I, I said this multiple times, but I was like so surprised at how political it was like overtly political. I'm like, yeah, I feel like you could just, you could only do this in the nineties when like people were politics were like so far <laughs> from everyone's mind in a lot of ways, like at least compared to yeah, how a yeah, lot of yeah. shit is now. Like there was so, so much optimism and like so many people were just like not thinking about politics to the extent that it's just like something everyone has to be involved with now that like you could have mainstream shit like this. That was just like the main character is literally a freaking eco terrorist. uh, Yeah. And you're just rooting for like, there was no is cloud problematic for, you know, being eco terrorist. Like, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this was not a part of the discourse at the time, unless I'm missing something. It wasn't like what defined the game at its launch, but I feel like th- there would be a lot of people coming out and being like, what the fuck is this? Like, I mean, that's sort of happening with Barrett though, right? Like from like the, like the racial angle with Barrett is pretty aggressive where he's this like giant black dude. That's like a total stereotype. And that is just, there's zero Aged extremely <laughs> poorly. Yeah. Aged there's like zero poorly. consideration. Nobody said anything about legacy. it. Really? It, I mean, I can't really say anything about what the discourse was at the time, to be honest with you. I should just be real about this. Because I feel like there wasn't like, I mean, my whatever middle school brain that reads this stuff. It was like, I don't know. It's, it was a video game. No one's thinking about it. Like there's also like way worse stuff is happening in video games at the time. Like I think having a like a main character yeah. that's like a person of color in itself at that moment was like a big enough thing that we were like, that's yes, you know. And I but think like a stereotype was all that people were able to actually like swallow. They're like, oh, there can be a person of color that's a major character as long as they're a stereotype. They can't be on the same level as Cloud. Well, but the other no. thing, but the thing about like Barrett too is that like he's actually a real character too. Like it's not like. You know, he has depth, like he has an important role. He is well, like, everyone's melodramatic, right? Like right, right, cloud right, right, is right. like, like everyone is this sort of outsized version of themselves. I think it reads poorly for Barrett, obviously, because he slips into the stereotype. Whereas like the sexualized white guy isn't like a bemoan stereotype necessarily. So, but yeah, yeah. I mean, other like, the rest of the stuff is just like out like that. So that legacy exists. And I asked you a question on discord too, where some of the stuff I wasn't sure if uh, you kind of alluded to it in the past episodes about final fantasy seven remake. So I'll ask you here and feel free to skip ahead a little bit. This isn't really spoilers for I, I'm on chapter eight, but I'm about to ask Josh a question about the events preceding that. So if we'll just skip ahead a little bit if you want like zero spoilers about remake. But so there's this stuff with um Sephiroth very early on in the game. And I asked you on Discord, I said, is this stuff in the normal game, Final Fantasy 7? You said no. And that's true, right? Yeah, I believe so. I mean, that's the other thing is like I don't even know. But the stuff at the very beginning is like, yeah, none of that's there. Like I don't think they even really introduce Sephiroth until like no even after this game is over or something like that like yeah because there's, there's like 
there's some stuff where you were talking about, I, mean, I don't want you to necessarily spoil it for me yet, <laughs> but like there were some things that you could have talked about where there's this in remake, there's this sort of meta commentary on the legacy of final fantasy seven. And it feels like that stuff is there. Like, I don't really know how they narratively resolve it, but there is some like weird stuff that's happening in this game where like Sephiroth, is all sort like of, the ghosts, and those like yeah. hooded Dementor shadow figure dudes yeah. are like not in the OG game. Really? Yeah. Oh, whoa. Yeah. That's crazy. Because my, my, so knowing that my read of it is that it's literally like the specter of the, their legacy is sort of haunting them. Yeah. Like, which is fucking crazy. It's like such yeah. a weird thing yeah. to put and in a game. Literally like yeah, it, steering them down certain paths and like it's about like fate and changing like canon and it's 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 meta like and it's like openly meta too like especially yeah. if you if you played Final Fantasy 7 it would be immediately obvious to you that that stuff is not part of the main yeah. game because it's pretty like oh, it's not like blinking and miss it it's that there's like a well-produced 10 minute cutscene of you walking through like a crazy, like burned out, um, Midgar with like following Sephiroth and like this, it's not like, Oh, there's some meta stuff. It's like, no, it's fucking beating you over the head with, <laughs> it's yeah. like very obvious. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that shit is wild. Like buried symbolism. It's all just like right there in front of you. Yeah. Um, but it's good. I'm enjoying it. I think you described it as like kind of like brain off fun. And it is like, it is just super chill to like sit down and play this game that is largely, I guess I heard it opens up in chapter eight. I literally, I'm just like poked barely into chapter eight. Um, but it's like pretty linear and it like feels good and it's not super challenging until sometimes it's just really fucking hard out of nowhere. <laughs> like the game is like so easy most of the time and then like random battles that aren't even like the boss battles would just be incredibly hard um for no reason and then it's fine (laughs) so outside of that it's just sort of fun to like run around and like be cloud and it's like it's not the final fantasy 12 autopilot thing but i think like the flow state you kind of get into when you're just doing combat stuff has that vibe of just like kind of just getting lost in it, you know? Yeah. Um, but then when story stuff does hit, it's like people are yelling. There's like tears. It's like (laughs) there's people are horny and it's fucking dumb. And it's like, it's just like, it's unapologetically like pushing all of your buttons, you know? It's yeah. like Cloud is fucking stupid, totally not non-charismatic leading guy and everyone fucking wants him and he just has no clue, but he can't help but be hot because he's Cloud and <laughs> it's just like constant sexual tension that it's for some reason it's totally captivating, even though none of what you're looking at makes any sense. Well, it's, it's also beautiful. It's, it's beautiful. It's so weird. Like the sexual tension stuff is <laughs> Zach Coatser of Funland, a fellow Superculture publication, 
said in our Discord, which you can join by going to patreon.com slash bad end. He made this like really funny comment about how it took like 15 years of technology for us to finally understand that cloud is like hot <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or like this, like this, like this sort of core premise didn't make sense when everyone was like literally 10 polygons, but now it's like Aerith is a fucking babe. Tifa's a babe. Cloud's a babe. Jesse's a babe. Like everyone's a total babe. And it's just like the sexual tension that radiates off every character is like totally insane. Yeah. But then also that like, because everyone feels like they're just like fucking off screen when you're not playing it has this feeling where it sort of smooths everything out. So like there's this weird thing that happens where people will say stuff to you and you're like, was that about sex or is that just like you being cute? And like it's sort of both things happen at the same time where it's like, are they fucking or are they just making a funny joke? Because it can go both ways and maybe it does go both ways. And like, yeah, it's, it's, it's like sexual tension is insane. It's like how there's like queer bait in, in anime and just like in anything, you know, but this is just like everything bait, you know, where it's just like everything is like, it makes you kind of question like, what's, what's happening behind the scenes here? Like, yeah, it's like literally like as soon as the camera turns away, everyone's having sex. Everyone is boning (laughs) the moment the camera turns away. Yeah. There and it, it's like yeah, it's sometimes it's like overtly sexual, but nothing sexual happens. So it's yeah. like, what's ha- what's happening here? It's guys? like even just like, and it's also like there's obviously like a male gaze, but there's also this like the camera fucking loves Cloud too. It would just linger oh, on yeah. him for like the dumbest shit, where it's like he's just drinking like something at the bar, and it's like lingering on his lips as he sort of like touches the glass. Oh dude, his biceps and like back get so much air. Oh, yeah, his back man, for sure. Yeah. All the time is so much cloud back. And it's just, everyone's hot. Like this needs, <laughs> we need this in more fucking video games, dude. Like if every game could have this, like st- in s- this ridiculous tension, Oh, it would, it would, the world would be a better place. <laughs> it's so much happier. It's so yeah. good. Final Fantasy VII Remake. I, yeah, I'm definitely going to, I think I'm going to beat it, which is um, more than I can say for most AAA games I've played in the past five years. So um, it's like fun to play. It's also, I I can't, I've said this on the podcast a few times, but I cannot state how much getting like a new TV has changed my mind about AAA video games where I like get it now. <laughs> I'm like, shit's fucking beautiful on 65 inches, 4K. <laughs> hell You're yeah like, i get it's it it's like yeah. i'm like these fucking particles look great He's everyone like, looks know, great ps5 great i was like i'm gonna console. get a ps5 now like i need i need it's the new graphics need to be better great i'm like <laughs> i'm like looking at the fucking switch shit and i'm like i need i need a switch 4k the art style shit. doesn't it's not art style doesn't hold well up enough. i want better graphics yeah which is <laughs> it's like it's literally That's night and day where i'm like oh yeah this shit matters i see I understand now why this stuff is compelling because it looks fucking beautiful. (laughs) That's the answer. Um, you wait, I want to kind of dovetail this to something else. Also a big game with a legacy. Yeah. You want to hear this? Yeah, maybe I played the monster hunter rise demo. Uh huh. Fuck monster hunter, man. It's just not for me. I've tried so many times. 
but every every like it feels like everything in Monster Hunter is conspiring to make me not like Monster Hunter. It's 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 like in the way Final Fantasy chooses to basically throw everything out, every issue, every game. Monster Hunter says, let's just tack more shit on. So you play it, and if you've been like bought into the series for however long, like 15 years, 20 years, the games are really compelling because it's sort of incrementally building. But to like a new person, it's just fucking impenetrable. Like it's just, this is bad. I don't know. It's like slow. It doesn't feel good. I'm also like, I'm like staring down these systems that are demanding all my time and being like, I don't want to cook fucking meat on a campfire. I don't want to do that for 10 years to like prepare for a battle. Monster Hunter is like, it's almost like a genre. It is a genre. Totally. A game that never really kind of took hold here. So it's like, it's like if today you were to play your first MMO and it was like, and it wasn't like Maple Story. It was like fucking wow. And you started with a level 90 character. You know, yeah, an MMO starting with a level 90 character is a perfect way to and describe it. It's like Monster you Hunter. just have all this stuff in front of you. None of it makes sense. It makes sense to everyone else because they've been around it or they like put in the time to learn it, but it takes a lot to get into the ground level. Yeah. Which I kind of experienced with it. I played Monster Hunter World a bit and it didn't, it felt like there was like enough easing into the experience for me. But when it opened up, and I was just like, I'm going to have to just. Yeah, you stare into the void. What? Like you really are like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I see what this needs. If you want to like be effective in that game, you need to like, if you want to use like a, a big sword, you have to just like learn, like just practice using that one sword for like hours. But yeah. if you want to use spears, like you have to practice how to use those spears for hours. And it's like a whole different game depending on what weapon you use, which is cool to me. Like, I think that stuff is captivating and influential. Like, I'm sure like Dark Souls, for instance, took yeah. from that. And as far as like combat ideas are concerned, that's like one of the coolest things that like a game has come up with, like in our lifetime, probably. Um, it's just like having weapons actually matter in an action game. Cause they usually don't, it's usually yeah. just like a st stick that does more damage depending on which one you have. Um, but yeah, all that animation I think based it's like, action. It's worth like stating that also the series, like the systems in it are very Baroque. So Baroque to the point where a major feature of this game is basically that you can like move around the map faster. Like it's some like major revelation now that you can mount an animal and move around this giant map quicker. That's like a banner feature. And I'm like, what, <laughs> what has been happening for the past 10 years where like, this is now the thing that is like, it's, it's like, and it's and stuff like that, like also lowers the barrier to entry. I think like, I think it's, totally possible someone plays monster hunter and they enjoy like walking and running around the pretty big maps to like find these monsters. But to someone like me, I'm like, I don't fucking care about that right now. I'm like, I don't, I don't, I gotta like, 
what's so hard about monster hunter is that there's so much shit happening that it's really hard to parse as a new person, like how all that stuff works and like what actually matters. Cause there's like a million little items they've all got like their own little small icon and they just like throw it all at you at once. And there's just like all this stuff. I don't know. It's there's this moment that you get in a lot of random video games where it's like you get that feeling that you've just stepped into the labyrinth or the abyss. And I think of when you, you know, in Skyrim, when you go into the, the mines or whatever, there's Dwemer, the old, I think it's Dwemer, Dwemer, Dwemer or but something. I don't know Maybe. where there's, their town is not called Dwemer. It's but like you just go anyways. to a cave and all of a sudden you're in like an underground network of caves that like you you never can find your way out of basically. Yeah. Just like Dark Souls, you know, there's just moments where you're just, you're in a place and you're just like, I have no clue how to get out of here. Like, I don't know where I am at all. Just no yeah. sense of that. Or like, yeah, again, like an MMO when you're just starting and you have all these systems and you're like, what does, what does this menu even know? Like, what's it trying to say to me? And there is something cool about those systems that are just like impenetrably deep, but I wish there was like a way to make them more approachable because I think we, you can have depth that, feels at least like I can I can like reach out and touch it and like start messing with it and maybe understand it someday but I think too many games make it so that like it's just it just feels impossible and maybe I don't know man that's like the whole strategy guide culture um yeah like Final Fantasy 12 I need to look at strategy guides for some of this shit because like some of these dungeons are so complex it's it it doesn't make any sense or like in um zelda like the lost woods where you're like yeah how what how do you figure out how to get through the lost woods dude well you look for the light at the end of the tunnel you there's, there's some there, you don't random <laughs> shit that you have to lateral thinking bullshit that you have to do or like you just have to keep track of some thing that doesn't even really make sense you know breath of the wild i think was good at that where everything was like ridiculously complex, but like also intuitive at the same time, you know? I I think what's hard about like monster hunter is that it's, it has like no interest in attracting new people, which like if I was bought into monster hunter, that would be my shit. I'm like, I'm like improve everything that I care about. Fuck everyone else. So if I was in that, I would be like super stoked that they're like doing stuff that, as a monster hunter player, I like, I feel like they hear me, you know, I feel that way um, about like Anno 1800. Which we talked about a few times where all of their updates, I'm like, yeah, this was a hundred percent. This is exactly what I want. But like someone new coming to that game would be like, this is a ton of crazy shit. I don't know what's going on, but as not being a part of that, I'm like, I can't get into this. I'm interested in it. It seems cool. People have a lot of great experiences. People obviously love the fuck out of the series, but it's not doing anything to attract new people. It's just that, like that. It's the thing where like you're dealing with gameplay and then like the spreadsheet side of shit and the yeah. spreadsheet side is just like boring as hell. But I don't think 
that complex systems are boring as hell. You know, like that's why I think that's why I go to Breath of the Wild because it's like very complex system, but like you kind of immediately get it because you experiment and you realize how the spreadsheets are working oh, like behind the, element the scenes. stuff, like the chemistry stuff. Oh yeah. Like, oh, if I have this, you know, if I try climbing a wall when it's raining, like it does, it doesn't work. Or when I'm like walking around in the rain, like I get hit by thunder or like if I'm using, you know, X amount of things going on at the same time that just so happen to like work together, you know? Yeah. Kojima's games, uh, Hideo Kojima's stuff kind of work <laughs> like that too. Oh yes. Hideo Kojima, not the other Kojima. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm, I've been explaining stuff a little bit more than usual in this app because I feel like some people, <laughs> I've, things that we just take for granted are some things that people, the metal guy who made metal Gear solid who is credited friends with mads mickelson yeah friends with mads mickelson that guy stuff in his games have those kind of like interlocking spreadsheets and like random connections that like you just kind of discover and and it's fun that's like part of the fun of the games it's figuring out well it's also there those systems too the stuff you're describing there's a way to incrementally discover them in a way, and the issue with Monster Hunter is that there's all these systems that exist, but then the moment in which they're tested is such like a very specific moment where it's like, you're fighting a monster now. Hope you got it all. And you're like, there's this fucking giant Tyrannosaurus Rex whipping its big ass tail in my head. And I'm trying to like learn right. what potion is different than the meat stick or whatever. This is, and it's actually, it's sort of similar. It's like related a little bit to a lot of what I didn't like about PUBG, which was that like, there's like all this stuff. It's like, Oh yeah. You like get your weapons and go run around and you like there's bullet drop and all this stuff. But like the moment of, as soon as you find someone, you just, it's like, you just die, you die, you die or you kill them. And it's so hard to learn. And other, other like battle Royale games have gotten better about that. Like apex, especially and there's ways to be revived where there's all, there's like all this stuff, but the moment in which that stuff has to be executed is so small. I think the games that do it really well, like, I mean, I would push back. I don't think Breath of the Wild is that complicated, but stuff like Metal Gear Solid or whatever, um, they sort of like smooth or like not smooth. It's like they, uh, they're making like peanut butter and jelly and they get a big swap of peanut butter systems. They sort of like wipe it along this like big old slice of bread and you, you experience that incrementally whereas like monster hunter is like you get a big old dollop of systems peanut butter and then you just like stick it in your mouth <laughs> i guess it's just <laughs> or like the, you don't eat for a while then you just eat it i and guess then you're it's like, just about the discovery process because like yeah in these spreadsheet like monster hunter type games like the way that systems are connected is like so obscure that you just kind of have to look it up at some point yeah you gotta kind of know whereas in in a like there's a moment of delight magic that you get when you're playing like metal gear solid and you realize that when you hide under the when you use the cardboard box you know the guards can't see you or when you like right. hold up a guard they like you can shake them down for money or whatever you know what i'm saying yeah those are like systems that are that just they they're not like communicated to you beforehand but the discovery process itself is like part of what makes the game fascinating whereas in monster hunter type games it feels more like that's just like it's part of the community building i guess where like you just have to look it up or it's just like yeah you're like playing with friends like you're usually playing with like four or three other people 
It's like studying um, versus exploring or discovering for yourself. Yeah. Which to each their own, I guess. But Monster Hunter always feels to me like a studying thing. <laughs> Sorry, Monster Hunter, not this one. Maybe the next one. Speaking of which. I'll sing your praises. Loop Hero. F- fuck that game, man. That game sucks. <laughs> <laughs> that game blows. I was I was going to bring it up when you were talking about your 4X speed. Yeah, thing. no, so was I. I was going to do that Oh, too. my God. Can I tell you why Loop Hero sucks and you can tell me why you like it? Well, what's Loop Hero? Loop Hero, for those who don't know, was the latest indie hotness two weeks ago. Three weeks ago? I don't know. It's been so long since so we talked about video games now. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, like, what has happened? Um, it's a game where you... Uh, I guess what happens in the actual game is that there is a track. Basically, it's sort of like a circuit. Like if you ever watch people race cars in a stadium, it's sort of like that. Not like exactly a circle, but you know, it's a loop, so to speak. And you've got a person that moves around on that loop um, repeatedly. Uh, Stuff can be placed on that loop either by you or like the, you know, the AI kind of. Um, And most of that stuff is like monsters. So if you encounter a monster on the loop, you go into this battle situation that is an auto battler. So you don't actually do any input. Um, You just sort of duke it out and then you kill stuff. You get equipment maybe, or you get stuff that you can then put on the map. So like you might kill something. And and those things are like cards. They're like cards. um, But they represent like, then they represent, um, I guess a few of them are spells, but like a lot of them are like, like things you put on tiles. So you might kill something and you would get like a mountain and you put the mountain on the map. And then um, that mountain has like some adjacency bonuses. If it's near other mountains or some stuff has bonuses, if it's near other things closer to the loop. So the loop itself doesn't take up the whole screen. The, the, it's kind of like a smaller part of the screen. So you're placing stuff around the loop. Um, and as you're killing stuff, you're like, uh, you're getting better equipment. And that better equipment lets you attack stronger. And so you're over time, stuff gets stronger and you can kill bigger stuff. And eventually each little loop's got a little boss that you can like. And your character is like leveling up as they fight stuff. So it's just like literally your character just running around in a, in a big loop, like on a path that is, is a a loop loops in on itself. And then you're fighting creatures automatically. And then you equip the equipment that they drop and then you're, you're leveling up. So your character is just getting stronger and stronger and you just do that until you basically die or then this is where the game start, where the shitty parts of the game start coming in. You either play <laughs> until you die or once you complete a loop, you can retire your loop. So you just walk away from your yeah. loop and take everything that you got on this loop into town with you. And you so get to like keep a push it. your luck aspect. Yeah. yeah. But if you go, if you take one more loop and you die on that loop, then you lose 60% of everything, 66% <laughs> of everything that you got on that whole run. So basically all the time that you put into that run was 66% useless if you don't stop at the right and time. The time. The time is very important because fucking loop hero takes some time to get going. Yeah. And before we, before we do this, I will say the art, fucking rips yes it's deceiver the pixel so artist good. who did it the stuff is so good the art is like beautiful pixel art the writing is also 
really cool. Way better than it has any right to be. It's this sort of like weird, um, like nihilistic void fantasy, kind of like dark souls ish for lack of a better term right now. But like they, they it could have been none of that. It could have, it could have had like none of that stuff and still had all the same systems. So the fact that they found like a really effective, they like the story really maps well to what's going on inside the game. So almost in like a Hades style way where you're placing things on the map and then what that's in, in, um, interpreted as from a writing standpoint is that you're actually like remembering the previous world that's been annihilated. So like, that's just really cool. Like at, at a baseline and it could have been like something totally stupid. So like that shit is like, that carries the game enough where I played it until I was like, fuck this game because I felt like I was getting bullied. Like I have not, I it's been so long since I've actively played a game that I was like, I do not like this thing because of what it is getting me to do. <laughs> but so all that stuff aside, Josh, I'm interested to hear what you think. Yeah. I mean, I have sort of the same thoughts. So as you can tell, the fact the gameplay is pretty passive. You're, equipping items and watching battles happen on your screen essentially and then you're you're getting cards that you're sort of placing on the map strategically so you can maximize your numbers but besides that there's a lot of luck like what is the monster going to drop are they going to drop good gear are they going to drop shitty gear it did it all just kind of goes by and you're just going through it passively and because of that they give you the option to multiply the speed of the game by two right you get to go in 2x speed. Yeah. Yeah. It's like either normal speed or 2x speed. Unless you edit the INI file. but Unless you mod your game, <laughs> which I did not do. And okay, that's cool. But then like the first three or four loops, it's just like, it's just all the same shit over and over. Like you're just getting like, okay gear. You're just like yeah. equipping it and you're fighting the same base level monsters and putting down like your land cards and it's like three or four loops that takes even if you're on 2x speed it'll take like seven minutes to do those first loops and kyle was complaining about that i was like it's not that bad but then i was thinking about it, it's like i just spent like you know in my last couple runs like i basically took they take like seven to ten minutes just to get going yeah. Into like the mid game, mid loop section. And then you die. And then it's just like, well, f- what the fuck? And what ends up <laughs> happening is that like the core gameplay of this is that you play the game for about 30 to 45 minutes. It's actually pretty easy. And then you get like eight loops deep and you're like, hmm, everything is still pretty easy. I think I can still do like probably two more loops, but I'll do one more just so I'm not pushing my luck so I can like escape with all the loot that I've collected. And then you get to the end of that loop and it puts you up against the boss of that whole area. (laughs) And then you get like (laughs) fucking five shotted by the boss and you're just like, Oh, well, whoops. (laughs) And that happens a lot. That happens a lot where it's like, everything was super easy. You wanted to take one more loop because you thought you can push through that and then retire somewhat conservatively and then you get killed by some random thing that just like had no right to be. And you there. can have runs that are just like totally fine until like the last thing and then you just get fucked. And Due what like- sucks is that like, even when you do 
leave at the right time. So I started getting really conservative and like, I, I just like would make a policy where it's like, once I've gotten to my eighth loop, okay, I'm just going to stop. But then it, it, it sucks. Cause then you've just spent 45 minutes <laughs> playing this really easy game and you got this really great gear and you, you finally put together the run, but like, you know, the boss is probably still going to be too hard for you. So you just cut off your, you cut off the run so that you could keep all the gear. And it feels like you're like, you know, insert biological analogy here. Like you're, you're stopping a biological process in the middle of it. <laughs> Something that you're meant to go all the way through with. There's a lot of those and you could compare it to any one of them. And it, it it's like a similarly bad feeling where you're just like, yeah, I like, it I just like sucks. I, it sucks. Like I was like playing it. And once I realized what was happening, I was like, I like this game is making me mad. Like I'm, I'm like, I haven't gotten mad playing a game in so long. And it wasn't because I was like losing. Like I, I basically, I beat the boss of the first area and then I was like, I'm done. I don't want to play anymore because I was getting actively frustrated because the, the issue with this game is that like there are, it's basically an idle game more or less like um, an idle game is a game where you don't play it, which sounds very boring, but they can actually be very compelling because a lot of other stuff is happening with timers or whatever. But the issue is Cookie that it's an idle game. Yeah. Tons of stuff. All um, kinds of shit like that but there's like, there's enough decisions that you can't totally disengage with it. Like you can with an idle game. So there's like just enough stuff where you have to keep making these micro decisions and you have to make them. So you survive yeah, longer, yeah. but like these decisions fucking blow like, the, like for every single run, you will spend 10 minutes or so deciding on if you want the boots that have 15 strength or 14 strength, or if you want the sword that's got plus five attack and plus one magic instead of one that's got plus seven attack. And like, that is the core decision you're making for 10 minutes is it's like looking at these little numbers and saying, which one should be higher or lower. And you need to do that because if you don't actually actively change what's equipped, the weapons or the stuff will go away. So you've like, if you're making this like fucking tedious decision about micro differences in equipment that is like so boring but then also the stuff of like where you place things, there is like some stuff where where you place them can like be an interesting decision. But like if you look at people's maps, everyone places stuff in the same places. Mountains are benefited to be near mountains. So everyone places mountains together over on one side of the map and then other things matter for their adjacent seasons on the other side of the map. So like everything ends up sort of finding its own place where you're like, oh, I got a mountain card, I place it over here. I got a forest card, I place it over here. And it just feels like fucking busy work. But with none of the, like the release that, you know, Josh is talking about not getting because like it, it, by the time that stuff is like happened, you're so deep down this like hole where you can like, you can just have runs that are like 25 minutes long that just basically result in nothing. Because also like the sort of persistent shit at the base, like the benefits there, especially early on, are like dubious. I just can't believe that like the structure of a run is what it is. Like it's really, yeah. if you think about this, okay, this is nuts. What are the out potential outcomes of a run, right? You retire, 
which is like the best thing that you can do, which is literally that you just cut off your run in the middle of your run. You just stop playing. So it's like as if you were <laughs> at a blackjack table and you kept winning, kept winning, kept winning. And then they made you double or nothing. Like someone made you do that. Yeah. But then like, but then if you, but if you retire that too, the issue is that it feels like shit. Your, your next thing is to then do all that boring first 10 minutes. You have to start all over bullshit. again. You have to start. You can, there's ways you can get new stuff that you can start with like starting gear. But like, at this point, you're like six hours into this game. You've got almost nothing to show for it. And you're still having to place the mountains over here. I'm having trouble sure finding analogies because like I have very little like things I can compare this to in real life that are like this unsatisfying, to be honest with you. Because so it's like you either have to stop in the middle of a process that is fun and that you've spent the last 45 minutes ramping up to. And you have to just cut it off, take everything from that, and then start over again. That's one choice. Or you keep going, and then you fight a boss that you can either beat or die to. And you're only going to beat it once, pretty much. Like, all the rest of the times you're going to die to it. So, yeah, I died a lot in this game. Like basically I just kind of accepted that I would just die like a lot. <laughs> um, because dude, it fucking sucks to cut off a run. It's like, you should not ha make a player do that. It's so stupid. Because also like, there's no, like there's no incremental fun challenges really along the way. Like it's literally everything is ramping towards the boss. So it's not like a third of the way through you get some like cool, mini boss thing okay. that's like exciting okay. to like test your shit it's like if you were running a marathon right and then you got to mile 25 and someone's or, or mile 24 and someone was like if you come in first place you get a million dollars but if you don't come in first place i'm gonna kill you <laughs> or you can just stop you can just walk away right now from this it's marathon like ten dollars and <laughs> leave with like three dollars and i'll give you three dollars that's like the that's like kind of the equivalent because you just ran fucking 24 miles and you're like i don't want to i already ran 23 miles i thought i was gonna get something for this they're like yeah you get three dollars and it's like well but i could have a million dollars if i come in first going these two miles it's just and then you're just like all right i'll just try it and then you start running those two miles and then you come in fucking second place and then you get killed that's like what this game is like dude like it's every single option sucks unless you come in fucking first place which is only going to happen like once every fucking 10 times the other nine times yeah. you have to either take a big loss or like just walk away and, and it's so boring because also like you take those losses early on and it makes it harder to like move forward with stuff. So like the right way to probably play the game is to do all that really boring first 10 minute shit over and over and over and over. Yeah. I mean, just to like the, build up the, the base, optimal way to like, play this game is to just play a loop for like 15 minutes, stop yourself regardless of how well you're doing and collect all this the gear that you got on that run and then oh for the record in between loops you know 
once you leave, you go to a village and you can upgrade the village and then it lets you like upgrade your character so you can keep going again. So you're getting stronger the more you play over time, but in the course of a loop, it not that much is going to change. So yeah, it's really frustrating. I felt bullied. I like legit. I was just like, no. Yeah, it's pretty. It's, <laughs> I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. It's fun for a while, but then once you see that that's how the loop works, it's it's pretty frustrating, and it's like a lot of min maxing. If you're using a certain class, it's like some stats are just better than others, and you're just hoping that you get those stats. Um. Yeah. I don't know if you got to the point where you like unlocked other classes, but yeah, it's pretty fun. Like yeah, yeah. the necromancer is pretty fun. And that like, that was enough to like keep me going. But th then I'm like kind of at a point where it's just like, I'm basically being forced to just farm, which is to do the thing where you like play for 30 minutes and then stop, <laughs> you know, before the finish line on purpose. I just, I keep like thinking like something like this and like even Spelunky too, like I feel like Hades really fucked him up. <laughs> like I'm just, Hades just did so much right and has just changed how I think that the genre needs to be approached. Cause there's ways like, I don't think that like, despite all this stuff, I don't think that like loop hero is unsalvageable. I mean, also they made fucking millions of dollars, so I don't care for shitting on them. They've like got their money, but like there's like parts of this game. I could see ways of making this like, much more compelling, like have gear auto equip, make placement, give you like actually less cards and make cards be more meaningful, like increase adjacency bonuses, like make the decision space be much more interesting. So it doesn't just feel like you're literally farming for like 10 or 15 minute increments of like the most boring. Yeah. Part I mean, game. this is one of those, <laughs> this is another game that has that like encyclopedia learning thing too, where, certain cards have interactions that you kind of discover. And that's ostensibly part of the fun of the game is like, there's a village tile. And if you put it down, every time you pass the village, you get a quest and then yeah. you fight a monster and it gives you better gear when you fight that monster, when you come across it on your loop. But if you build slight spoiler for a mechanic of this game, but if you build a vampire village or a vampire house next to your village, you get like a ransacked village that has been like taken over by va by vampires. And if you beat those, if you beat the monsters in that village, you get like an even cooler reward at the end. So that's like something that, you know, maybe one of your runs, you're like, what happens if I put the vampire house next to the village? And then it, the whole, both of them change and you're like, Whoa, this caused a cool transformation that I didn't know was going to happen. And so that stuff is kind of cool. But as like, the most interesting thing going on in the game, which it kind of is, uh, I don't think it's enough to carry it. And like part of me wishes like a little bit more of those things were more intuitive because some of it is not. Well, then your reward, right. Is like, again, you're looking at your sword and being like, Oh, do I want a little more magic or a little vampirism. more attack? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, I don't fucking care. Yeah. Like, I don't like, maybe I care, but I don't want to make that decision. And that's yeah. just a quick talk about. So I was so frustrated with this game. I saw online that you can actually, you can increase the speed of the game. So in like the, the game's data files is literally a little text file. It says like game speed and you can just set it to a value. So, or no, I must've put it at like 16, which was like four times as fast as two X. The game still blew. 
it was more, it was more manageable, but it like still sucked. Um, but then also <laughs> you can't actually really play it at this speed. Like it literally makes the game faster. Like the game itself renders faster or I guess the, the, the time step is faster. So it's not like it just increases the speed in which you move around the loop. It's literally that the game itself is rendering four times more than it normally does. But some events in the game, like moving your mouse and stuff happen at a fixed tick rate. So you can't do stuff at higher speeds, like drag things. So certain like actions just don't work because you're clicking your mouse and the game is like rendering too fast to know that your click is hitting this tile. So it wasn't actually really playable at that, that speed. Um, even if like they increase this, even if they could like increase the speed independent of that stuff and just made you move around the loop faster, I don't think I'd play it again unless there's like significant changes because yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm done with loop hero. <laughs> I paid for it. I gave them money. They're all millionaires now. The pixel art's beautiful, but I don't want to play that game. I don't know if they're millionaires anymore. Um, yeah. Do you want to answer some user or user? Uh, Let's answer some, some user questions. User questions. No, Users of the bad end discord. Bad end uh, superculture discord friend questions. Okay. Um, what do people mean exactly when they talk about game feel? This one's from Ed. What are some good examples of games with really good game feel? What, can a game with exceptional game feel be truly compelling if the game does not have much to offer? Uh, game feel is just, it's how game feels <laughs> put simply. It it's, means something different to everyone, but it's just like the feel, like it's the tactile side of games that it's like, it's kind of hard to describe. It's how the feeling of that game of playing that game hits you. You know what I'm saying? So I, go ahead. I kind of talk about this as like quote mashing square. You know, like God of War. <laughs> God of War has great game feel where when you press square and Kratos swings his blades and it hits the enemy and you see like the, the screen kind of stops because he's hitting them so hard. And it's like, you know, like every every there's like the satisfying crunch and the satisfying sense of impact, but it's smooth and silky and you're moving so fluidly. That's game feel to me. Bayonetta has great game feel. Um, I think like Slay the Spire has great game feel where you're just like dragging cards over other cards and you see them slash and it gives you this really great feedback. It's kind of this thing that the feeling of playing the game itself warrants you playing it more. It's like what kind of keeps you in and not even necessarily yeah. story. Halo has great game feel when you fucking get a headshot you're jumping and you're floating and you hit, shoot someone in the head and just like, wow, this feels good. I still think about you, you talking about overwatch when that first came out and how, um, when you get headshots, it's like, there's like, it's like, it sounds like you're popping a beer or something. Yeah. It's like, like, that's just like, I mean, there's also, if, if you're really interested in this, there is a, uh, there's a games talk called juice it or lose it. Um, which I think is, it's applicable to people who are not game designers, game programmers, but it's these, uh, I can't remember who's, who does the talk, but basically they, they take a very simple scene. Um, so it's two like 2d balls that are sort of moving, uh, back and forth on screen 
and they use it as a starting point and start adding stuff to that. So they add in sound effects, they start adding in some vibration, they add in color changes, but the act, what you're actually seeing is the, or like what's happening, two balls moving back and forth is the same thing the whole time. And I think that it's hard to understand game feel without understanding. I, I view it sort of like cinematography for games a little bit where it's a sort of invisible thing that just sort of happens. And it's, it's the thing that underlies people saying that, Oh, call of duty is fast and halo is slow or like, Oh, gears of like, it, it's what makes gears of war feel heavy. It takes, it's a combination of things it, that it summon this thing. It takes place at like a sensory level as opposed to like an intellectual level. It's <laughs> yeah, a know? great way to describe where it. like gameplay. I see that as taking place at more of like an intellectual level where it's like, Oh, I made a decision and the decision just like felt really good to make. Whereas game feel is more about like I did something on the screen and the input that it gave me just felt really good and it made it created or this, felt bad or bad. And it just created yeah. this feedback loop in my mind that made me either want to play something more or not. Like even something as simple as like candy crush, when you drag something and it, it causes a cascade of like four matches matches and everything on the, your fucking screen explodes and it makes a jelly donut and like 10 rows explode and shit like that. That's good game feel hearthstone. When you drag your card onto the board yeah. and you see it or like you drag your fucking pack of cards and it explodes and you uncover each individual one. That's all like game feel stuff that is compelling on a sensory level that is like not even registering necessarily intellectually. Um, I think that we've talked before on the podcast about how, at least I have said this. I don't think people care about game design, but I think that people really resonate with game feel. Yes. Like if a game has good game feel, people will play the fuck out of it. Even if the design is like total shit. Yes. And um, that's feels okay good. as it were. And that's okay. Cause we, I mean, game feels important to me. That's for sure. Game feels important. Like, Sometimes I just need that good final game fantasy seven has great game feel. Final fantasy 12 Zodiac age has good game feel, but I think final fantasy 12, normal would not because it would be way too fucking slow <laughs> you know <laughs> okay um that being said i think i do think game feel can like carry a game all on its own oh, personally yeah. um this is from david here's what i sort of what i posted the ps3 source shutting down how video games are treated as disposable in a way and how that's antithetical to how i, I actually play them i almost never play games when they launch meanwhile cool people are rooting up forgotten names from forgotten consoles and breathing second life into them. And we're all wondering where the development has gone. Hmm. <laughs> I think this is just di digital media in general, right? Like I think about so many pictures of like myself from 2007 that I'm like, where the fuck did all those pictures go? This is when everyone was using like <laughs> USB sticks for everything <laughs> and like seed putting shit on CDs. It's like nobody uses CDs anymore. Like I think, yeah, there's like, I mean, bit rot is like totally a real thing. Yeah. Which people bit rot is this sort of, it's sort of a philosophical concept that can manifest physically. But the idea is that most digital media is not permanent. It's actually very hard to store stuff for a very long time. Um, the best ways to store digital media still is actually magnetic tape. So a lot of like, um, 
films and stuff are stored on magnetic tape in like, you know, climate controlled vaults um, because storing things on USBs, you're subject to, I mean, it could literally be that the chip itself gets dust in it and it doesn't load anymore. Computers change their USB spec. Um, years like old formats. Like I feel like for, a, I want to say for like a little bit of time, like even MP3 players use different um, sound formats. So if you like had, if you like downloaded some sound from something, um, it won't necessarily work anymore because the thing that uses that doesn't work. I think specifically what David's talking about with the PlayStation store shutting down. I'm like, I don't know. I'm like weirdly sort of apathetic about this, not just because I don't care, but I don't know. It's like, obviously it's an issue, but at the same time, I think that there is a really large cult of the new amongst like game players that don't, I really find value in older stuff and there people are less inclined to play older things. But at the same time, having that stuff be available, I think is nice, but doing it sort of at scale. Like I think what, what, what Sony will probably do is that for the stuff that actually matters and that people mostly play, they will like re-release them digitally on new consoles and resell them to you. They See, have PS PlayStation now. The last 30 minute discussion about Final Fantasy 12 Zodiac. PlayStation games. now is like already a thing where you can play a lot of like older games via the cloud or whatever, you know? Yeah. I actually found myself at a video game store that was like all retro games and stuff. Just so happened to be like at a place that had a store like that. And I was like, oh, I want to check this out. And I'm like, they had old Sega games and old PlayStation games and old like these, you know, old original PS ones that like were perfectly taken care of and stuff. And I was like, God, just having these physical objects here is so, it's such a different thing, right? Where a Sega game, like when I look at the cartridge and I look, look at the console, it's such a different thing than like thinking about fucking undertale on steam, you know? Yeah. Like the, just its physical presence brings to mind so many like extra dimensions about this thing and the time period that it comes from. And it, it's easier to engage with something like that when you kind of see it in its intended form. It's like when you listen to jazz, like a jazz record from the sixties on vinyl, as opposed to like a CD you know, when you, when you kind of hear it coming over your speakers on vinyl, you're like, oh, it makes, it makes just that much more sense, you know? Hmm. And I think like PlayStation three, that era and like everything kind of since in a way has lost that physical identity, which to an extent is something that like doesn't necessarily need to be mourned, but it is interesting to me, like how powerful seeing like a cartridge can be sometimes, or like just like having a physical game and how much that like, kind of changes the experience. I think the big one for me that I've kind of, that I've become really interested in is like CRT gameplay and like scan lines and shit. Like, yeah. Oh God, I really want a nice CRT to play like old PS2 <laughs> games on. Like this is maybe this, this is just like, 
me passing the 30 mark, but I really want a nice CRT. I mean, there's just like, so I've been playing Final Fantasy VII Remake on my big new TV that I've talked about. And um, the like the lag between me wanting to play something on PS4 and playing it is so fucking long. <laughs> I turn on my TV, which takes time to turn on, right? It's not just, it's not instant. I have to, um, I turn on my receiver. I like make sure I'm on the right source. Uh, I then the PS4 loads and then it never connects to the internet for whatever reason. So I have to go connect to the internet on it because it's probably been off. I need to reconnect it because fucking, I don't know, Final Fantasy's got an update. Um, I load Final Fantasy in. It's got to load its menu and it's got to look, it's like, and there's like so much shit between me and like following cloud around. And I think, I mean, it's like I said earlier, I grew up with Nintendo. So like on GameCube, I fucking slapped a disc in there, pressed the power button, turned the fucking CRT on. And I was like, playing wind waker within like seconds and that like immediacy makes the it, it felt like the experience between the physical thing that i was interacting with and what i was actually experiencing was so much closer whereas now i like turn on a ps4 and my relationship to that physical object and this like game that i downloaded somewhere else that's like now whatever like i'm effectively whole I, there's effectively like a screen and i have a controller that like there's not even a wire anymore. So I don't even like feel like I'm connected to the thing that's playing the device or playing the game. Yeah. And you lose, you lose stuff there. You, you gain some stuff, which is really nice. Like I'd have to go talk to some sweaty nerd at GameStop about final fantasy seven. I could just like download that. And that was nice. But Did you say slutty nerd. No sweaty. Oh, I was like, what? I was like, what game <laughs> like, are you going to? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, GameStop, they had, they had a, they had a rebrand. They were in bankruptcy. <laughs> Stock went up. Um, the modern gamer. Everyone who I, works One thing about David's question too, I'll say though, is that he was talking about how people are also um, bringing up forgotten games. So I think that what's, what's interesting about what he's saying too, is that I think there's like a moral panic about like losing the games or whatever, but like no one actually cares about the games that have been lost in the past. It requires people who like find this stuff to like get them and they're like, I, I don't know. Like, I want to yo shout out some to jump lust from our discord. Who's just like one of the just old, like OGs who's just like, I've hung out with this person in real life, by the way, ha the, he has like the coolest CRT I've ever seen. dude. <laughs> it's like a broadcast CRT that they used at like, for like broadcast, like broadcast level monitor. stuff to like monitor stuff and the scan oh, lines. Oh my God. On this thing, it's like a $1,500 TV though, or something like that. And it's like a huge, massive box, <laughs> <laughs> but I shout because that's, those are the kind of people who are doing like the Lord's work when it comes to this shit, like telling me about stuff. I mean, tactics ogre, like one of those things would yeah. imagine playing that on a CRT. Oh, don't even With like a started. controller hooked in, don't some chunky buttons. Started. Don't even get me started. But yeah, like I think that ability to kind of be a curator to like uncover things like from back in those days that was like really undiscovered. I mean, even Zach, like Funland do is doing like cool stuff like that with like a lot of art from those days. Like go follow the Funland Instagram. 
posting really awesome stuff that's just like old ads and art from like old games and games adjacent culture that is just like you lose track of like these cultures that surround this stuff and i think part of what draws a line in the sand culturally is like the objects that we leave behind from old times like these relics these these artifacts and we don't really have that for video games anymore and it, again in a lot of ways that's fine i don't think you know it's hard for me to currently see how these games will be like lost to time because they're all in the cloud or whatever but i mean it could definitely happen um yeah but at the same time like i think there's like a basic good to having these things like exist as physical things that are like of their time i also i'm just like on the like note of like losing this stuff i just don't think that's going to happen because people out there who care way more than like all of us find way like the fact that we have fucking like that that like massive trove recently of like unreleased in development in 64 games just hit the internet i'm like we're not gonna lose fucking metal gear solid 5 when they're like digging up yeah. nintendo <laughs> files from 1993 like i'm i'm like just not it's one of those that things where like i totally because you only need one you. person right you need literally one person to like do it the right way and then everyone's got i agree to it. until it happens you know until the day comes like 20 years from now we're like we never thought it would be hard to find metal gear solid 5 but here we are uh for it take for example red dead redemption 1 do you know how fucking hard it is to play red dead redemption 1 that's true you need to have because it's only on 360 yeah it's like only on 360 you can't play it on pc you can like you, you i guess you could play it if you have like an x bone if you because it's like somewhat backwards compatible or something can you emulate it uh i don't think so because it never came out on pc but i don't know if you can emulate xbox 360 stuff i don't know Probably. maybe i don't know but it's already pretty hard to play red Dead redemption <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but i guess like at the same time like i don't know because i'm I care about Red Dead Redemption, but it's hard for me to think of a game where if you can't play it, it is just like it's over for games or something. Like I'm like, oh, we lost Red Dead Redemption, but I don't know. Play fucking Disco Elysium. <laughs> there's like there's like so much stuff. I I recognize that there's like I'm 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 playing like a little bit devil's advocate. I wish every game was available and easily able to be played, but I'm also like no game to me stands out as like so important that it has to be like preserved in its utmost form. Um, but you know, it would be nice if we could have that. I think, I think what needs to happen, like it's, it's like also a pipeline problem because you have people who are releasing games exclusively for consoles. So like why there's a discussion about developers producing their own sustainable versions of their own games that could be an interesting question. Maybe there could be something that people, I would bet that Sony's shutting this down in part because of like, just a, a, like a services issue where it's hard to maintain these services, blah, blah, blah. It's like, what if console manufacturers could partner with third-party entities that had the ability to maintain catalogs of games, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like looking at someone like Sony to be the arbiter of culture is I think is like the wrong move. And as long as that's, 
is still the case and they're still the gatekeepers. Like this shit will keep happening. So I don't know. Like I'm like, like for Cantata, right? Like I'm building it on a PC. All these other games are also built on PCs. It's not like, um, you know, they built them on a PlayStation three. They might have had a dev kit, but like everyone's developing stuff on PCs. Yeah. So maybe it should be a thing where people are always making versions that can run on computers somehow. But I guess I just want to come out on PS3 this as like special. being more of like a proponent of like curation and like games as physical artifacts and thinking that's like a cool thing that exists as opposed to like having this moral panic about like all games disappearing forever, which I'm less concerned yeah. about. Um, okay. A couple more Twitch subathons. Ludwig has been streaming for 15 days straight. Most of his day-to-day life, sleeping, eating, working out, et cetera. No specific question. Just wondering if you all had any thoughts. Um, haven't Hasn't this already been done before? Like there was some, I remember there was some like documentary that came out about some dude who streamed for two weeks straight. And he was like, I watched this documentary. He like changed his life or something like that. And it was like the dark depths of humanity and shit like that. <laughs> this is different because like Twitch chat is like a whole different entity than like just being on Justin TV or whatever the fuck they used to use back in the day. Um, but yeah, I mean, cool dude. Like capital gonna, we're all going to be doing this in a couple of years anyway. So shouts out to being one of the pioneers. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything happening with the sleeping streaming thing? Like that seems like something that's just not necessary. Right. I think he's just doing it to like raise subs. I guess it's a, it's a PR stunt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, shouts out to him figuring out how to yeah. do it. I'm glad I don't have good to luck. stream myself sleeping. Good luck, Ludwig. <laughs> okay. Well, quick yes or no question. Is, is Prince William really a hotter bald guy than Agent 47? No. If the ladies say he is, then he is. Um, okay. <laughs> Final thing, and this is something that we'd actually talked about in the Superculture Discord, but I'd love to hear, uh, this is from Leaves. Uh, I, I'd love to hear more discussion on your 2011 games versus 2021 games discussion. Where are the technical leaps? Where are the gameplay leaps? And I was just thinking about this with regards to, I remember, you know, my 10-year college reunions coming up. And I remember like Damn. in college playing, I have like distinct memories of playing fucking infamous that sucker punch game (laughs) and i was thinking about infamous and that could have been a game i played yesterday you know yeah like to such a large extent games have not changed like almost at all since that time and like a big part of that is you know graphically just the fact that like and i was like mostly talking about this with with respect to graphics, because, you know, you know, there's been some gameplay changes like roguelikes have really gotten a lot more popular since then. Um, I would say like, that's like probably the biggest leap we've taken. And then like dark souls has like had a huge impact on games. It's like roguelikes and dark souls have both had the largest (laughs) impact on games since that time. But with regards to graphics, like games just started going for fucking realism And since like the incremental changes in graphics since then have been so small, it just feels like you've been playing the same fucking game ever since then. This is, this is like part of the 
conversation that dovetails really nicely with what we were just talking about where I'm like, no one's out here worrying that infamous is no longer available on the PSN store because miles Morales will be available for the next 15 years. And they're like effectively the same miles. Thing. Morales is just like better infamous, you know? And that's, I mean, I, this is like, it also sort of touches on this other point that people like to make who people who are not comfortable with what games are. Um, there's a lot of, I don't want to name organizational names, but there are a lot of organizations out, out there who are like, you know, we, we think that games can be better. They can be bigger, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's a specific, like, I don't know what the, the word would be, but it's just like games optimism that was very ripe in the aughts. We were part of it. I think even a little bit at kill screen. Um, but there was this thought about how games could like change the world. It's like very Egan, Ian Bogost, uh, like thesis. <laughs> And it's like you look at games and it's just like, no, um, like games, there will be some good games that are outliers and they'll have like a big impact. Um, but it's very clear in my mind that looking at video games, like they've pretty, they've like settled on a genre and style and like way of being. And that's okay. You know, I'm not, I'm not like worried about that. I'm not like scared about that. I'm like comfortable with that. And it would be nice if, you know, everything was like Promessa, but I also think that I wouldn't actually like that world. I like that Promessa is weird and different and like thought provoking. And it's not, you know, even something like gone home, right? Like gone home comes out in, I don't know, 2008, 2009. I don't remember when it, no, 2011 or 12, I think. But anyways, like gone home comes out and it's like a big deal. And then like, 13 there's like so many games like gone home now. It's like its own genre. And I'm, I don't think we're better for that. I don't think that that matters. And the, like the, the space is getting expanded and also like more people have ways to come in because the, the stuff of games is different. You know, like there are games are not just for like white men anymore, which is great, but that doesn't mean that like a profusion of non-white men means that we don't get like more devil may cries and dark souls and like bloodborne <laughs> that stuff. Those people come in and still like that stuff. And it's nice that, you know, like stuff that, uh, like Keda, Keda Takahashi. I can't remember what his last name is. Yeah. Is it Keda? I, yeah. Yeah. Is doing with like, Nobi Nobi boy, Katamari stuff like that is, you know, fine and different and special, but it's not like, there's those, there's still outliers. I guess I'm like, okay with that stuff being outliers versus needing to like assert them as the rule because I do like dark souls. I do like playing final fantasy seven remake. I agree with you. And I think that we should kind of accept that as the baseline of this discussion. And I, I kind of just want to zoom in on the graphics slash art aspect of things, because that's what I feel is like been the most stagnant, you know? And this is just me straight, like just talking shit about the AAA space, which is that like ever since Assassin Creed came along, like it just fucked everything up. It just came around and just <laughs> fucked everything up. Cause it's just like the same thing of like you have, you start in your village and then like you go and you go up a tower and it unlocks a new section of the map. And then you go to the other tower and unlocks another section and all these games have looked exactly the same for like 10 years. And at least before like 
you you know if you think about fighting games it's like you had like virtual fighter that's just like fucking polygons literally just polygons on a screen and then you have like that and then you have like street fighter three or, or whatever that's just like beautiful pixel art and you have so much variation within that space of art styles that's just like every single time a new game comes out like it's Tekken, it's fucking virtu- or, um, Soul Calibur. And it's just like rapidly transforming because you have these generational changes that kind of necessitated these artistic adjustments. And they demanded that, right? Like you have Doom, Marathon, you have Halo, you have Medal of Honor that are all just like changing what it means to be a first person shooter because the resources and the tools that you have to do that are changing over time. So they had it easier in some senses because they had to change the approach. But now that we've gotten to this point where it's just like the lighting gets a little bit better every couple years, there is no incentive to really take a different approach. And because of that, it has an extreme flattening effect to the point where I can look at a screenshot from Infamous and I can look at a screenshot from Miles Morales and say like, "Mm, okay, this game just looks like it came out maybe a little bit before, but maybe it's just like the difference between like the PS4 Pro versus the PS4 regular, you know? (laughs) Like that's like literally the difference of what we see these days is like slight graphical difference but everything else is like one flat thing to where entire genres become just one static approach because it all looks the same. I think it, I think it will really necessitate like a big change in game design because I think if you're doing third, if like if third person character action games are the genre of triple a there's very little incentive to push outside of photorealism because you're showing a person. Why not show them in the best possible way? And I think that it's not, uh, it is not, not the case that AAA didn't find itself here in part because it's like they sell themselves so much on like really good graphics. So the best way to show off all your great photoreal photorealistic graphics is to pick a genre and gameplay paradigm that allows you to show off how great your fucking pores on your face look. Yeah, um, like Uncharted. I mean, shouts out to whatever. like fucking Overwatch, right? Like that is pretty. I think that that sort of solidified a lot of other things that were happening in other spaces. It's sort of like the Blizzard style of taking things that are happening and making them better. Like it took a lot of what Team Fortress Two was already sort of playing with, and just took it to like the sort of ultimate version of this. So like the fact that Overwatch is not some crazy like photorealistic character based thing like you know blackout is even almost getting there a little bit but um that's pretty crazy so you know shouts out to them but for so much stuff i think is it's it's like it is not a coincidence that triple a games all look the same because they chose a genre that necessitates them to have better graphics which is how they've built themselves for so long um so unless we see a real paradigm shift in what the predominant genre is, which also can happen, right? Like 
10 years ago, 15, I guess not fucking 10 years ago, it's 2011, like 20, 30 years ago, like when RTSs were the biggest games you could make, like people made different looking types of things because it was less about photorealism of a character's face. They had other things they were worrying about. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I would love to see different aesthetic styles <laughs> employed outside of photorealism for AAA. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's just, I think it just kind of hit me all at once the other day where I was like, this is a problem actually, you know, <laughs> like everything just looks kind of the same because everything's been going toward this one central point. And now that we're there, it's like, now what? And I don't know and I think the bigger problem is that like, it doesn't seem like there's an urgency to solve that problem or even the idea that this is a problem. Instead, it's just like, keep doing more graphics. And I, I, I actually feel like we're not even going to really have to confront this problem until like the next generation or the one after that, because even with like the PS five, I already see it being a thing of like, why do I want this? Like, why do I care about new graphics? You know, like, it, dude, we're honestly, starting to hit like that one wall. of the, we're going to like, literally, I don't know if we, I don't know if it was part of the game of the year episode last year, but sometimes I just like, remember that like the PS five and the Xbox series X are out and I'm like, oh yeah, I guess there's new consoles. <laughs> <laughs> like I, this is, there's literally no big TV aside. I'm like, there's no reason oh, that I want dude, these this. Things. This video came up the other day on my like YouTube recommended and it's like tech demos, like the latest tech demos of like the most exciting physics engines. <laughs> and it's this guy like just talking over like this, like literally one of the things like is just water. like bread being ripped and it just looks really realistic. And it's like, you know, this is just really simple and obviously this would take forever to render, but you can already imagine the possibilities of like, what we could like the realistic food in video games in the future. And it's like, Oh, so that you can fucking, so that you can like in the next, the last of us, like you go to your table and you pick up Crafting. a piece of bread and you rip off a piece and it looks better. And then you go yes. and fucking fight a zombie exactly for 20 minutes. Anyway, <laughs> that's literally what it is. Another one is like, Oh, it's, it's just like the tech demo is like, a robot shooting a building and then it's like realistically crumbling to the ground and it's like you can already imagine the applications of this in video games in the future you know just shooting down buildings and watching the carnage unfold it's like the person is actually the voice person who's actually like narrating this video is just saying this stuff he just like gathered a bunch of these tech demo videos and is like really enthusiastically yeah. talking about the tech and why it's exciting and all of them are like you can already imagine how cool the carnage is gonna be in our future <laughs> video games and it's like who fucking cares bro like is making a building collapse in a more realistic way really gonna change how good a game is like absolutely fucking not dude like just like <laughs> Even if it could, like people are just going to still do the same shit. Exactly. It's like going to be in the background. It's not going to be like a, yeah. Nothing else about the game is going to change. It's just, they're just going to use that the same way that they would have used a set piece. You know? Yeah. 
So I guess we'll just have to wait like until the next two console cycles. And then everyone's <laughs> like, uh, graphics, graphics are breath. out. Nobody cares about graphics anymore. Cause they're already so fucking good. You know? I mean, VR baby. Yeah. VR. VR is the next. VR is the future. I can believe that. That's we, we're running out of time. We'll talk. Yeah, about, we're done. We're, about done. VR we're done here. later. <laughs> we're done here. All right. We. I do feel like we got to get some video game ups in. So it, it was nice that we. Yeah, I'm glad we just shot the shit for two hours about fucking video yeah. games, even if one of them came out 20 years ago. Yes. Which one? Final Fantasy Seven. Final Fantasy Twelve. Twelve. The oh yeah, I guess seven. Came yeah, almost 20 years ago than that. Yeah. Anyway, this is Bad End Podcast. Thank you for listening. Thanks to everyone who sent in questions. We uh, love you all. We're glad to have you around. (laughs) (laughs) Hope we answered in a satisfactory manner. Uh, If you would like to be part of our community that submits questions and has conversations and is loved by both me and Kyle, um you can support us on patreon patreon.com slash bad end uh you will gain access to the superculture discord which also includes the discords of bullet points heterotopias funland which are other publications that you should check out because they're really cool and they're our friends um as always thank you so much for listening we really appreciate it you can find us on twitter at bad end podcast you can email us at badendpod at gmail.com we invite you to rate us and review us on itunes as that's very helpful and uh we'll see you in a couple weeks see ya Bye.